Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is Danny Cola. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that you can join me in having some epic conversations that access higher levels of potential with creatives and professionals from all around the globe. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode features Coach Sarah out of New York, and she is a kettlebell coach. You can find her Kettlebell Strong all-online program on her website, Coach dash sarah.com uh this was this was a very fun conversation i love connecting with other fitness coaches that teach unconventional tools and pick their brain about reaching higher levels of potential what types of uh, practices can we incorporate in our day-to-day to feel physically optimal mentally uh optimal and uh yeah it's just fun to connect with different coaches all around the united states that are implementing some of these practices and talking about what their experiences are like so yeah this was a great conversation if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about coach sarah find her on instagram at underscore coach underscore sarah and you can see all the cool things she's doing with the kettlebell it was a fun conversation and uh super glad to have it and share it with all of you guys enjoy the show all right, Coach Sarah, thank you so much for uh, doing the podcast from uh, Solus, New York, in the concrete jungle. Thank you so much for your time today. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, I'm excited for us to just chat, uh, talk okay. about the industry, um, talk about where it's going right now. Yeah, um, for sure. You know hope- this. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how, um, you know, a thought I had, I was looking up the word solace and I was like, where did that word come from and how you decided to name it? That is your gym, right? Um, I, it's a facility that I coach at full time or I was, um, and as far as like, so I coach there, uh, full time and then I have, uh, my own client, uh, base, um, and my own, uh, brand, uh, that which is Coach Sarah, and I've created uh, this system called Kettlebell Strong. So um, nice. I stay pretty busy in the city, um, but Solace, New York, it's um, it is interesting because of the name. Um, but um, it is you think of like it being serene and just calming, and even um, the uh, the look of it, you're like, oh, this just feels like a spa. And no, people throw around some serious weights um, there. We have such a strong community physically, and just uh, uh, it's a tight crew. Um, so I think it's um, interesting of the name. Um, so yeah, I it's uh, the, so I- it's like comfort and in a time of craziness, and I think that's. <laughs> I think it's semi-appropriate for the time that we're embarking now. And, you know, like we're here, we're here as fitness professionals to provide an outlet for people to exercise, to move, maybe alternate modalities of healing and, uh, you know, trying to find the best way to optimize, you know, their life in, in a lot of different ways. And yeah, that's what I was just thinking about that when I was looking up that name, because, you know, you identify, you see coach Sarah, you see Solis and you, you know, I, I saw you back when maybe a few years back when there was a bunch of uh, on it certifications that were held there and, mm-hmm. you know, you're throwing around the kettlebell like a, like a superstar. And, um, it's, it's fun to see that other people are doing that and, and teaching others in their community, how to use the bell and, and the mace and body work and body weight exercises, animal flow, all that stuff. So yeah, talk to me about how you got into kettlebells and how you started coaching the, that. 
Sure. Um, so I come from, I would say, unconventional strength background first. Um, I probably started using the bells back in like 2008, maybe okay, cool. 2009. So, um, and at that time, they were like really unheard of. If you sure. like go back 10, 15, even especially 20 years ago. Um, and uh, that just became my tool of choice because it is so dynamic. And I originally come from like a dance background. Okay. Um, so I grew up doing dance competitively, did it professionally for a while. Um, nice. And so when it comes to like, training your body I was just always used to in that mindset of like let's move our body in different planes let's yeah. do incorporate our entire body when we are training because as a dancer that's just how we approach movement yeah um and so I would do like a high pull into a clean into a squat and I was like that's just a one move and I didn't realize it was even like called flow work because like back then it just was like I'm moving and I'm training I want to get the most bang for my time and energy mm. so yeah um I pretty much just started with kettlebells for that reason of it you can do so much um with them um and then I when I fast forward and when I started getting into training um a lot of the facilities that I first started out with, they primarily had kettlebells. They didn't really have dumbbells. They had like uh, rowers, spears, some like suspension. Um, because even though the tools are slightly different, if you can look at like a dumbbell and a kettlebell, you basically can do the same. And so for a lot of times, uh, facilities, they're like, okay, what can I get more out? What am I going to invest in? And it was at least within my circle of like, places I was training at it was kettlebells and so that's kind of how why it became my choice uh tool of choice cool. um and then about eight years ago I started um more conventional strength training and I started using a barbell um I would say that's my second love um mm. even though I think many people are surprised by that um and so I find that I do a fine balance of strength work with the barbell, um, as well as like power when it comes to weightlifting. Nice. And then um, I will also use still a kettlebell for strength uh, purposes, um, ballistic work, and then play time too. Oh, for <laughs> sure. When it and comes to flow work. Definitely. So over, the, I would say the last couple of years, I've gotten away from like regimented workouts. You know, I don't really work out a whole hour anymore. I like mm -hmm. to use those tools for playtime myself. And yeah. it's just how I like to move and see how my body's feeling. And I didn't see any like regressions in my physical shape or anything like that, or even in strength. And I kind of, I don't have the mindset of I need to bench and squat all this weight. I never really had. Um, and then when I started doing some kettlebell work and I, I saw myself, you know, progressing with my movement over time and then seeing those, uh, you know, that progress transition into other areas of my life with, you know, playing soccer or playing football or whatever it is I'm doing, whatever sport, um, that to me was like, wow, okay, this is real shit. There's some technique mm -hmm. here. So, um, you know, I started dig digging deeper and then watching all the, the primal soldier videos and seeing people like you and, you know, guys that 
uh, MSP, which is a gym close to my house where I kind of, I kind of learned the kettlebell and, you know, how to use the actual terminologies and, you know, different types of uh, techniques and how to teach it effectively. Cause it is such a versatile tool and you can get so much out of it. And um, to teach people that mindset of how to uh, not so much go so hard, but do something that's going to be really beneficial and something that's going to keep you strong for a long period of time. Right. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I feel like um, when it comes to kettlebells too, it's, it's, for a while, there was almost that misconception of like, no, if you do want to get strong, you must uh, pick up a barbell or um, no, I train so strong guys only on kettlebells. Yeah. And when it comes to like sports performance uh, reasons, like I also have a, uh, I train a couple of fighters um, and our strength training is all kettlebell work. And we talk a lot about how it translates so perfectly yeah. into their striking, into their fighting, because um, it's such a strength and power movement all combined. Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And I think, too, it, it, people do get afraid of it because of the technique aspect. Sure. Um, I've been getting more and more people, though, that are eager and just hungry to learn. Um, and I think that's been a bit of a transition, too, uh, as far as when it comes to training. Um, you know, our goal isn't to leave them crushed on the floor in a pool of their own I'm so sweat. glad to hear you say that. I'm so glad yeah. to hear you say that. No, and, and that's like truly what I practice um, and I try and uh, I don't want to say preach, but um, Implement. share that. Sure. I, exactly. Um, Integrate into that, our day-to-day and our clients and other athletes <laughs> and all that for sure. Exactly. Um, because that's not the goal. That's not longevity. And it's also like, most, at least most of my um, client, uh, people that I train, and it's like they are training because they want to improve their daily life and they yeah. want to feel better. And it's like we're, we want to uh, just enhance that, right? And so yeah. um, I think there's been a shift uh, when people approach training in that fashion of like I want to move my body and I want to move it well. And I also want to learn a new skill, um, especially this year of like I've uh, gotten people who have been interested in kettlebells, but they've never really wanted to take the time to learn it. And I've had um, started training some athletes because of that. They're like, well, I'm home. This is a great opportunity to learn. And I just love working with people that way that are like, they're just so open um, yeah, to developing. Um, and really, as a coach, I think that's what we should strive for is that teaching aspect. Um, and so that I, when you implement that into someone's training, whether it's our own training or an athlete that we're working with, like find, uh, find, working on that development phase, finding that mind-to-muscle connection. Um, mind-muscle connection. It, Those are good words there. I like that. I say that a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what I've found, though, is that a lot of people, they just create this great awareness of their body that they didn't have. And um, I think that's also just so important when it comes to training. Yeah. Um, Talk to me about it's like, that level of awareness when you were dancing, right? So you start picking up the kettlebell. How did that help you become a better dancer and help you jump levels? Yeah, because um, I was still training and I was still coaching when I was uh, – dancing and 
professionally. Um, I did musical theater for a while. Nice. Um, and I was, would be in the gym like five days a week training. And then I would go and like um, do auditions. I found that I was a stronger dancer because of that training aspect. Um, on the flip side, I think growing up doing any kind of movement based, or any kind of sport. So whether it's like gymnastics, ice skating, um, martial arts, anything, um, I'm truly grateful for that because at such a young age, I developed that awareness yeah. and I developed um, how do I need to transition my weight? Where does my weight need to be for movements, for uh, uh, sophisticated movements um, yeah. in dance? And so that really translated so like I don't even think I was aware of it like I didn't have a moment of like oh my gosh I'm so happy I have this <laughs> awareness from dance it just kind of happened naturally yeah. um but now as so as a professional and uh someone who just enjoys training and movement so much um that's the first thing that when I'm moving my own uh when I'm training that's the first thing that I think of of like where is my weight? And I'm so aware of like what, how my body is moving. Cause then that also translates to good technique. Um, being aware, like if you're not aware on like where your hips are, where they need to go, it's going to be hard to really progress. And so um, just teaching people that's like the first step to really being able to grow and expand in their movement practice is key. Um, and then I'll get people too, and they they're like, oh, I, I miss this this uh, timing, or I miss my hip drive on something, and I'm like, that's okay. Right. We're human, and I'm glad you are aware of that. <laughs> that timing was off. Yeah, you that's know? So cool. So I get a lot of that. Um, and so yeah, I never had like a moment where I was like, I'm going to be just as aware and center my mind, center my focus and energy, because now I am training. I've just been I. I've been doing that probably since I was a wee little one. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because naturally, naturally coordinated and, you know, so talk to me about how you said something earlier. You're like, uh, people are open. They see that, you know, there's these, this kettlebell, there's new technique, there's different types of movements. How do you get somebody that's not so open to be more, uh, you know, like I said, open to doing a kettlebell when they're giving you the vibe, like, ah, I want to do that again, or I keep slamming my wrist, or, you know, you see that they're not as coordinated, and you got to regress, and they're not getting, uh, you know, I don't know, they're not getting something out of it that you want them to. So do you have any techniques to try to little by little implement these things in? Sure. Um, especially if it's um, uh, someone who has like never picked up the tool before or someone who is brand new to training. Um, I think this is important. It doesn't matter the tool that we're using with the athlete, um, where they are in their training. I pretty much stick with the same approach. Um, like I, I feel like as like in my, my responsibility is not, um, I won't ever sugarcoat anything when I'm working with an athlete, but I also don't want them to leave the session ever discouraged. So starting off with the basics and then building up. Um, I'd rather take an athlete and start off with an assisted clean where you cradle the bell up. And I was like, 
hold it like it's a baby's head right there. Um, <laughs> and, and I even tell them, I was like, if I'm going on a heavier side, I'll use this assisted um, technique. And I'd rather start there and get them feeling really comfortable at a conservative weight um, that I know is appropriate for them. And then I see that they're able to uh, spiral that weight around their forearm pretty efficiently. I'm like, okay, now let's try the same timing, same thing without that assisted. And so I think it's really important um, when it comes to coaching others. It's like we have a very clear um, approach when it comes, like even if it doesn't matter their background, um, it's good to start off with the basics because I'd rather build and progress than have them try and be like, Let's try this and regret because no one ever feels good when doing it like that. Right. Um, and even in um, when I'm teaching in a group setting, um, just over the years, I really am focused on how I communicate and the and I try mm. and choose my words wisely mm. um, because again, we want everyone to leave their training session uh, feeling accomplished and feeling like they did good work. I don't care if we work on one movement the entire time, one skill, if they were able to take something of value from that session, then that's a win. Um, so especially in a group setting, we're working with such a wide variety of people that I always will say option one, option two, option three. And the like first option, the first option will be um, like a baseline. Mm -hmm. And then second option, a little bit more advanced. And then the third option is um, the most advanced. Yeah. Um, I don't really like using level one, level two, level three, because people in their mind are like, well, I got to go to level three because that's the hardest. I'm like, these are your options. Test each one, see what works. Um, and I that's like that. the thing too of like, I found um, I'm a CrossFit coach as well. So I coach CrossFit and um, I, I like the sport. I do it often, but um, how they teach it is like, wad, muscle ups. And that's a highly sophisticated movement. Yeah, and yep. if you can't do it, then you're doing like chest to bar. If you can't do that, then you're doing a pull up or a banded pull up or a ring row. And just over the years, I'm like, I don't want to go to CrossFit and be doing ring rows because then I'll feel bad, but say the wad today is pull-ups if banded pull-ups is your option strict pull-ups chest to bar that one percent of like athletes in the class you want to get your muscle up go ahead and do it so building in that fashion um so i've just found too just through my experience um coaching crossfit that um i even coach crossfit that way too nice i like, love that i love that love the options great mm -hmm. what, what called you to teaching you seem very passionate about it. And I, I love that because I definitely, it's in my blood. Yeah. Um, you come from a long line of teachers, but what called you to teaching? I think um, like I've been teaching, especially like going back to my uh, dancing years, um, I grew up teaching dance. Um, and so they would call me Miss Sarah too when I was like a teenager, um, <laughs> the little ones. And then, um, Flipping into like, I was always um, either choreographing and teaching in that fashion. Um, and so then I took a pause and when I started dancing professionally, I was just like, I can give in another way. Um, and for a couple of years when I was doing it professionally, I was like, I 
should be happy and I should be enjoying this because I was able to work pretty consistently, but I just felt like I wasn't giving the impact that I was really um, called to do, not to get too like um, spiritual. And so, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so then when I was just like, I had friends encourage me to dabble with the fitness industry. And so when I first started that, I just realized it's like this skill gives me so much more fulfillment um, than being on the stage. I feel like I can create a greater impact to others. Um, and I just much more prefer to share and teach and see people be able to progress than um, have myself continue to progress in that way. Mm -hmm. um, even when it comes to like training too, I will get a lot of people ask me, um, prior to this year of like, what are you training for? Are you doing a competition? And I used to race in OCR. Um, and I was like, I'm just doing this for fun. Like, I, I don't want to compete. Um, I don't want to really race. I'd rather coach um, the athletes to do that. Um, and I just prefer to be on that side, <laughs> not, um, you know, um, not in the limelight. Um, I think I had my fair share of that through performing for a very, very long time. Um, and I would just rather stay in the wing and cheer my athletes on now and see them succeed. And yeah, that's awesome. Well. Definitely, yeah. definitely rewarding. Uh, when you got into the fitness industry, was it automatically uh, in a pri private setting or were you doing a big box gym? And then how did you go from one-on-one -on -one to doing groups? Um, so I actually, I started doing groups um, in small um, group classes, functional strength and conditioning, um, where it was six people. Um, and then we would do semi-private, so about three people. So um, I was doing that and then kind of transitioned into more like high-intensity classes because I um, also do enjoy those days. Um, For sure. I'll try to do like one or two a week. Um, and it would be up to like 12 people. Um, so still like a, a number that I think is manageable where you can do that second-hand um, coaching even um, though there's a group. Um, so it was a slow progression, but I started with groups that um, was fairly small. So I was always used to like interacting and being able to give feedback, which I think um, if I started out in a much larger setting where it's like I'm leading a class and I'm just trying to manage everyone and I'm talking about like 30 plus people in a class, it's really hard to give one-on-one -on -one feedback to yeah. those in class, to the participants. So. I'm grateful that I started out in that fashion. Um, and then um, I just got to the point too, where I was like, I love the social aspect of uh, group training. Um, and I think if I can just do like a fraction of it, um, I like, I would love to continue to do like a fraction of it. I balanced out from, how many uh, privates and classes, like I, I used to teach probably like 27 a week, a lot, so, um, which is like, I think for fitness professionals in New York City, that we probably go from like 25 to 30 if you're only teaching, um, if you're only doing group classes. Um, and so I kept like wanting to just uh, decrease that number, especially as um, 
clients, like one-on-one sessions started to grow. Um, and then I was able to just get to a point where I started doing more one-on-ones and um, still teaching like the group classes because I do, I really enjoy them. But my main focus had has become um, one-on-ones because I like being able to program for a a specific person um, and see them be able to spend more time with them so they can progress and grow. Um, And so I would say probably do like 85%, 90% of one-on-ones and then um, teach just a few classes a week. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, uh, you know, March comes around. And the COVID happens. Yeah. <laughs> New York gets it's hit pretty wild. bad. Where, like, mm-hmm. just you know, where where is your mindset? Where was your mindset in March? And then, kind of take me through how everything unfolded with your one on one. What did you do? How did you transition people to a, an online thing? And then, like, what has been your take over this entire time about fitness and your future and the future? To, to coach in New York or, you know, be remote? What, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, I, when we were first hit, I think everyone was kind of just like in um, a shock or I yeah. had, I, I took about two weeks and like completely removed myself from like social media and just tried to take a, a pause and mm. really just focus on like wrapping my head around it. Um, and I think too, when everyone, when it all blew up, no one would have expected it to be like we are still in this situation five, six, almost six months later. Yeah. Um, so I was actually thinking about that this morning. I was like, how are we still here? This is wild. Um, yeah, maybe you can break down that for me. So like in, in Illinois, sure. I'm, in, I'm in Chicago and I, mm-hmm. I can still do my, my one-on-ones at my studio and it's been you know, it's been pretty good. I do a lot of stuff outside in homes yeah. uh, in parks and all that. So I've been able to come back and June and July have been, been pretty, pretty busy. So what, what's the situation currently for you? Um, currently, um, we are heading into August and gyms are still very much uh, closed and shut down. And there isn't any date for when they will open. Hmm. Um, and which I just think is, um, I think there is a way that we can do it to stay safe and stay healthy and stay social distancing. Um, and through this time, like more than ever, people need to uh, make their health a priority. 100%. And so, um, once I, I got past of like wrapping my head around, I was like, okay, guys, more than ever as a coach, our athletes need us too um and you know i'm obviously like not a therapist but also going back to of like checking in with them how are you doing mentally how are you doing emotionally have you gone outside yet today right because like especially in um april it was, when it was so bad i had clients they're like i haven't left my apartment in over two weeks and i was like we are humans and we need to see the sunlight. Please put masks on, do what you need to, to right. feel safe, but you need to go outside and go for a walk. And so the hour, uh, the time with them kind of transitioned into like, we're not going to be hitting any PRs, hmm. um, 
but let's move because mentally, physically, and probably emotionally, that is what you need right now. Um, so I converted, um, I switched over to doing a lot of sessions uh, virtually. Um, so I look at the screen a lot throughout mm. the day. Um, and I'm just grateful that they are still moving and we are doing what we can. I also, um, I'm grateful that I have been able to see in-person clients. Um, so she has just gotten warmer out, more facilities, either more trainers are, are taking their clients outside. Some studios are now offering um, outdoor classes and just yeah. making it safe and healthy. Um, and uh, we're just hoping that we'll be in a different position um, when it gets cold out back like in November. So right, we have a couple right. months to like keep functioning like this. Um, but I like back in, March, I just had a moment too where I realized I was giving so much to my full-time um, job and my full, um, full-time facility that I realized I had actually put a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish as my own brand and business on the back burner. Mm. And so in the spring, I just always like every day we practice uh just being grateful and I truly was just grateful to have that time to refocus on what this what do I want to do as a business what do I want to um how do I want to expand my coaching business and my brand because um I was like Sarah 10 months ago you wanted to do x y and z and you haven't done that because we get caught up in the day-to-day -day things mm. um, when it comes to our work. So I actually have, I've just been truly grateful that I've been have, able to have this time to expand um, my brand and my business. Um, so I feel like I've found a fine balance of training clients virtually, training in person. I teach like four classes a week um, for uh, two on my own platform and then one for two different facilities. Um, and I also think when it like comes to virtual and like this time, I'm grateful that I've been able to collaborate or connect with other um, companies or businesses that I know if I was in my normal coaching schedule, I just wouldn't have had time yeah. to be able to um, connect with uh, those companies and people. And so Every day I'm trying to find the silver lining of this Yeah, time. that's beautiful. That's beautiful because yeah. that's, uh, I think you can either complain and you can either blame people and look at the negatives in the situation, or you can look at all these things that pop up as an opportunity for growth and adjusting. And I think that's, yeah. that's great. Super healthy. So that's been um, definitely like uh, my focus this year of like coming out of this situation. I want to be just, healthier and stronger but then also I want to accomplish uh, these mini goals and then also it's allowed me to reconnect with people that are in like my inner circle of like I have time to hop on a FaceTime and see my friend that I haven't seen in months or call family members and I think it's also this time has made us aware of those people in our circle sure. um and I'm truly grateful. I've been, I was just in Ohio for about three to four weeks and having that time with family. And I'm like, 
um, when was the last time we were able to be with family for an extended yeah. period of time? Um, so also making that a priority too during this time um, while continuing to coach and and work on my own brand and business. For sure. That's awesome. That's great to hear. <laughs> Do you have like a meditation protocol that keeps you in a calm state where you're naturally looking at the silver linings and looking at areas for growth in times of chaos? Ah, yeah, good question. I am not, um, I have tried like meditation, um, like what people think of like this silent thing, um, finding a quiet space and focusing on your breath and that I've tried over the years and I just found it didn't, um, really can, I couldn't connect to it. Mm. Um, and so, I, I'm not a runner at all. Um, I, picked it up. <laughs> I picked it up a couple of years ago and actually as a way, um, when my grandma passed and I ran, which is run and which is, it's that time where I can just completely silence everything and thoughts that are like way back in my mind somewhere, they just come to life. And, um, so during this time I will run by the water um a couple of times a week and that's really helped me um and and I go early where there's not many people out there because I'm such like a hermit and introvert (laughs) I just need that time to myself so I run and that helps me find that meditation that it's more like movement meditation yeah sure I was gonna my next question right away was gonna be like well how do you do that with the kettlebell I'm sure you find the same kind of thing with the kettlebell right yeah so and um, and that's exactly that was like my third thing. So I will uh, run to help just clear my mind and find clarity. Um, I through uh, this time I've been able to consistently take dance classes again. Great. Um, even though I've retired professionally, I would do it on again and off again. But now I take it twice a week, and that's something that just helps me find that like true like bliss and this freedom mm. um and then honestly when i do my slow work with kettlebells i fall into this um movement meditation and it's so hard to explain um but it's the same feeling that i would get when i dance and so that's again how i'm able to thread and connect those two um but it's it's truly just uh, everything is clear. And it's like, even if I'm flowing to music, because I'm such a, it's, I do a lot of it to music. It's like the music will just like silence. And it's just like, I don't see anyone else around me. Um, and I'm able to really find um, a meditated state through, through movement. That's awesome. And it's, yeah. That's great. So, and I, I think like, it's different for everyone um, sure. and it's important for people that need that time to like decompress and slow down our mind and just slow down um, our emotions that have people um, experiment different ways of meditation um, because it will speak differently to everyone. Yeah, um, that's a great point. Where do you find that you get your best ideas or how do ideas kind of surface themselves where you're like, um, no, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. I was going to say, so um, I think it's just since I, I've been moving for 
most of my life. And I think of like when it comes to creativity, Elizabeth Gilbert said it perfectly. Um, she was like, creativity is like a gust of wind. And so it just can come towards you and you either accept it or you reject it and you aren't aware of it. Um, so during those times, that's when you do, like if you're a creative person or an artist, you, you do, you accept it, you um, do the work that has come to you because then it will leave us so just as quickly as it right. can you gotta capture it. You gotta capture it, mm-hmm. put it down, write it down, and yeah. try to execute and on it or leave it on the back burner for a little while. Exactly. And so that's really been my process when it comes to um creative development. <laughs> I am again not the person that I can just sit there and look whether whether it's uh programming, whether it's um movement practice whether it's kettlebell flow work um i cannot just sit there and like force it right um because then i'll just walk away and then i'll say nope or i try and force it and it's not um either it doesn't seem right it doesn't right. fit right. um and back like in my choreography days i would do the same thing i would just sit or lie on the floor and i'm like playing the music i have a story in mind and how i want to where i want it to go and then it would just come to me. Um, and that's the same, again, the same transition translation into kettlebell flow work. Um, I will put a song on that. I'm like, okay, I, this, this is the tempo. This is the beat that I want to move to. I'll just put it on and I will start free flowing. Um, and then I find a rhythm. I was like, oh, okay. It, I could go from a row into a clean. That is a smooth transition. Um, but if it's not coming to me on one day, I say, no, I just walk away. Right. You don't fight it. So, That's good. No, no. Nope. So um, um, uh, transitioning now, I went to Austin. I went to the Yonet Academy and I did a steel mace certification there. And uh, yeah. yeah, and I got to interact with Shane Hines, who was super high level coach. And he was speaking super highly of you. And mm-hmm. um you know, when, when he talks, I'm like zoned in and I'm listening and I just had a great experience there, a super high level experience. I wanted to talk a little bit about what your experience was doing those uh, workshops and kind of just sure. being around Shane. Yeah. Um, when did you, do you remember when you uh, went out to Austin? I um, went in December. Went on it? December. December? Just, just, yeah, 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I think the Onnit community and the Onnit, like that space is just such a unique um, space and so special. So I've been in the fitness industry for a while and I've gone through um, several courses um, and that was the first time that I felt connected to a community. Yeah, um, I'm with and you on I that. Think it, I think it's the approach to training and the approach to coaching and the approach to movement. We all have that similar approach. Um, We all might execute it, like you uh, explain it a little bit differently, but um, having that intent set behind your movement as our own movement practice, and then also making sure that we have a clear intention when we're working with our athletes. and so I found like 
when I forget when I took their course. I've been out to um, one year. I was like out at on it, probably like five times over six months. I was out oh, there wow. a lot. Um, yeah, and so and then they were coming to New York a lot right. um, for about a year and a half, two years, um, and doing courses here. And so that's how I was able to just build um, a great relationship with all of the um, educators out there and the um, coaches and athletes. Um, and even I, I've been meaning to go out there April, June, and I keep pushing it back, but I'll be out there in September. And so the last time I went out there was in October and I saw Shane and he's like, um, you're home. Welcome back. Mm -hmm. And, um, just having that um, uh, welcome feeling, and it truly does. It feels like home whenever I go there. I'm like, this just feels right. And again, I've trained and coached in a lot of facilities, and I'm truly grateful for um, that space. Um, and I think it is rooted, like I said, because of the intent that their um, educators have, their coaches, and then at when we are moving ourselves um, and then also the openness of like training coaching fitness is not black and white and I think right. there's a lot of systems that approach training in that fashion um, and when it comes to like on an academy um, and how they approach training that there is so much gray I love Shane's answer because I use this a lot of like if you get a question of uh, so uh, like, do your hips go back when you want to hinge or something like that, whatever. And he's always like, it depends. And it does. It depends on the focus. It depends on what you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so just um, expanding people's minds and opening up their eyes to there is so much gray when it comes to movement. As long yeah. as we are moving efficiently and pain-free, then we're good. And yeah. it's so simple, but... It is so important. Yeah, it's so um, true too. I definitely felt that same connection too. Like listening to him talk, he was so I had I have I've had these thoughts about working with the mace and doing the movement and reality and music kind of like tying together. And he's mm -hmm. like, We're the instruments, the mace is the tuner. Let's make some music. And I my mind was fucking blown from that. And yeah, yeah and I you know, that whole weekend I was just like wow and i took in so much of that and i feel like and i was down there with a uh, uh, bellator mma fighter his name is john benaducci he's, he's he's become a good friend of mine uh he's also in in new york he's in brooklyn uh anyway yeah so at the end of the weekend he's like yo danny and his you know his brooklyn accent he's like i'm telling you man we jumped we jumped levels this high level man we definitely jumped levels and i feel strong and this is great and you know i felt the same way and you know, ever since the new year and I was so excited to just kind of take that information, bring it back to my people and, and just keep, keep growing and keep learning. I was like super impacted, super inspired. And I, I know those are the guys that I keep following and I watch and I learn and I watch and I learn and I reach out to people and I ask questions and this is how this stuff kind of keeps going. And I have dreams and aspirations to do what they're doing in Chicago as well and try to, use my expertise as a teacher to put that type of information out there because it is so true. A lot of things depend. What are the intentions? You know, um, 
yeah, I, and I want to be a better communicator as well. It's something that I work on. I try to work on every single day. Everything's information. Everything's open for interpretation. And the better we are at communicating this information, I feel like the more opportunities we have to better people. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I just love hearing like your experience um, at on it and going through on it Academy and how you're just inspired in like, um, that is really special, like, um, John and like Shane, um, and others that are among, that are educators in the Ana Academy, that it's not enough. And I think a lot of people approach seminars or certs of like, I'm going to sit here all weekend and just absorb all the information for, and keep it for myself. And maybe I'll pick and choose and do what I want to teach my clients. But um Shane he especially just puts it out there of that you I want you to contribute what can you also um add to this experience yeah. and then I want you to empower others with that knowledge yeah. and so that way it's always paying it forward paying it forward paying it forward um so that goes back to like the intent and the approach that they have within the on a community. Yeah, those five um, pillars. Mm-hmm. And because I even, especially in my younger years, I was just like, I just want to sit and learn. But we can't always absorb, or we can learn a lot more when we ask questions. Um, and so being, knowing that in day one um, has really just like helps us be able to get even more out of those courses and more out of our experience down there. Um, For sure. So, so For yeah, sure, yeah. It's, they're a wonderful, wonderful community of people. And just grateful that I am uh, a part of it. In some Definitely. Form. Definitely. For sure. So who other, who are, who are other, um, or who are some of your, uh, people who influence you like do you listen to some pot you listen to regular podcasts you have books you have speakers that regularly influence you i'm a huge fan of joe rogan i'm a huge fan of brian rose and london real and i let these guys kind of influence my thought patterns and their guests i you know i dive into them and I, I i go down that rabbit hole and i've just been introduced to so many high level thinkers and, and performers who are some of your people that you like to follow and get inspired by oh yeah um like I do, I'm a, a big uh, Joe Rogan fan when it comes to podcasts. I um, don't listen to all that many though, um, mm. unless someone's like, get on this one, listen to it. And it's someone that I like trust in their opinion. Yeah. Um, this is going to make them a little cliche, but I've really, I truly get inspired from the people that I work with pretty closely. Yeah, um, cool. Like I have one athlete, she's in her 60s and I've learned probably more from her than like just because of how hard she works and how she's open and how, um, so I think like I'm more or less will look at the people that I am also coaching of like they, I learned so much more, so much from them that they probably don't even realize. Um, and so, and then on the flip side that they also inspire me too, because it's seeing that how hard they are working and how open they are to continuing to get better. Yeah. So um, I've been more or less a person who I like am learning from, from people that I am able to interact on yeah, a daily huge. basis. Um, 
So I think that, and that's super, has been helpful over the years of like learning how people develop too, because then that helps. How do I communicate it? Yeah. Um, then you pay attention I've to got, patterns too, right? Like you, yeah. you see a spectrum of people from like really young to older, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever. And like you pay attention to the patterns and behavior and the thought processes that people have. And you realize, hey, we're all very, very similar, you know, mm-hmm. and it's more similar than we are different, right? There's a lot of animosity and you left and right and black and white and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, we're all cut from the same piece of cosmic fabric, I think. And I've learned a lot from what you just said. And I've been inspired definitely by my athletes and my clients, because like I said, you see these types of patterns, life makes more sense. You learn the depth of consciousness a little bit deeper and like you take in this information. I'm 31 and I feel like I have all this life experience because I'm able to chat with all these people from all different age ranges and experiences in life. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, what are your, what are your thoughts on uh, that? I um, like, I completely agree. And I think like we gain from those, commu- uh, those interactions and those experiences uh, because of going back to that awareness and being open. Because um, so many times, I'm sure uh, if you've experienced this, of like you can be talking to someone and it's almost like they aren't listening or they don't really, they're like, wait, what did you just say? Because they're yeah. thinking of what they need to do two minutes from now. Yeah. Um, but continuing to live like in the present and continuing to have that awareness and openness, you you can learn so much. Like I can go out of my apartment and just walk down the street. And I'm like, whoa, how are these people moving? How are these people living? Am I living the life that I ultimately want to live? You know, um, that's a deep question, I, by the way. Yeah. And it's something that I think we should all ask ourselves, not every day, but like, I like to check in with myself every Definitely. month, every few months of like, am I living to my optimal self and being? And if not, what do I need to adjust? Um, and having those honest questions, honest questions and conversations with ourselves, I think that's also rooted on how we truly are able to grow um, as beings, just Definitely. checking in with ourselves. Definitely. I'm going to ask you a deep question here. All right. Okay. <laughs> do you do you ever meditate on the thought of death, or do you bring the ideas of death and this life being finite? And one day we're going to perish. How often do you think about that? Sure. Oh, that is a deep, a deep and, one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think it's necessarily dark. Some people might think that. Um, honestly, like when COVID happened, um, and it happened, we again we got hit very, very hard in this city. And Our mortality was, was a, definitely confronted, and it still is. Yeah, and that was a question that I had of myself of like. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going, you know, I'm tired of putting my life on pause. If something were to happen, knock on wood, if something were to happen to myself, am I okay with that? And it's like, I 100% am because I really try and live like the best life that I can for myself every day. And I don't have any regrets um, with anything. You know, I definitely have learning experiences, (laughs) good or bad and ugly, but ultimately I know. And, and I think too, of like, even when it comes to people who have passed and, you know, there's always that sense of like sadness, um, 
And like I mentioned, like with my grandma, when she passed, I didn't regret one single, like, I didn't wish I had more time. Like, obviously I would love for her to still be around, but I was like, I'm so grateful that we had the relationship that we had and I had the time with her and I had no regrets. Um, and so I think if we can continue living in that fashion of like, every day is a gift and can we, um, are we living our best self? Then I, we can't do much more than that. Um, and so sure. I do, I've had those thoughts come across uh, my mind and I, so it's, hel it's healthier than say. we think, you know, like to yeah. think about, to think about death and ponder your own death and mortality is, is really important. How does that affect how you feel about what others think of you? Because as professionals, as you know, as influencers, we, we're out there, we're putting our thoughts, our ideas, we're vulnerable, mm -hmm. and we're human, and we can feel shitty if somebody's talking shit. Or maybe we can, you know, think a little bit too much about the next thing that we post or the next, you know, business endeavor that we have, you know, we have this innate fear. <clears throat> so does that thought about our mortality help you with not being so fearful on how to make the next move? Or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I would say like um, social media is such a interesting <laughs> platform. I know, I know. And, it mind fucks me a lot. Concept. Um, and it, it's like unfortunate because it can be used for so much good. Um, and it's obviously it can be used as a tool to benefit um, a business. Um, sure. And it's all how we use it. But on the flip side, exactly. It can really mess uh, with people's minds up or if they're like, look, and they're like, I want more followers. I I wish I got more likes. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that's not real life. That's um, not. And I think being able to remove ourselves from that, it is like a filtered fraction of, of our life. Um, and I actually, I was just having that conversation with um, a friend this morning training. And he was like, it looks like you're having such a great time um, out there. And I was like, yeah, we enjoyed ourselves. But like, you, people only see a very, very small amount of what real life is. And I think yeah. people need to remind ourselves or just do a, a check-in of like, we put up what we want to put up. Um, and I'm very mindful of what I put up and what I share. Um, it doesn't ever, it's never forced. Um, sometimes people are on a very like, schedule of like post four I times a day up, bro <laughs> yeah and it needs to be mo motivational then it needs to be inspiring or fitness or something like right. that um i've had weeks where i was like i didn't put anything up because i wasn't i didn't feel like there was something to share yeah um so i think people like it depends on your approach and how you use that platform um i'm beyond the phase of like worrying what people think of me because i really i'm just pretty set in like who I am as a person not everyone's going to like me not everyone's going to agree with my approach with how I you know everyone yeah. has an opinion but I'm like I am living like my honest best self and I can firmly like stand for that so if someone like if I put up something and I do get really interesting <laughs> DMs sometimes or even comments on on things, I'm like, okay, you have that, great, moving on. Yeah, um, moving on. I think that's that's yeah. important. Like, how quick can you just like shrug that off your shoulders and kind of on to the next one? 
yeah. thing, or at least like, not in the next one, you know, not in the next post or whatever, but just like, a, you know, forget whatever that negative interaction was and just, you know, go back to your thing, you know, whatever that yeah. your truth is, you know. Exactly. And um, again, like when it comes to social media, like I, I have a clear intent on like how I want to use it. And my goal is to share and educate and maybe mm. inspire and empower people. Um, you know, it, I've been able to slowly grow some kind of following, but then there's also times, especially when it comes to like females in the fitness industry, I'm like, well, if I showed a little bit more and did a little bit more close up of my body, sure, I probably have a lot more followers or made it more of like that sex appeal, but I'm sure. like, that's not me. I'm not yeah. going to do that. Yeah, I just had that I'm thought gonna, the other day. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm going to stand in my truth. And if that means like, oh, I don't have nearly as many um, followers as I can. I'm like, also at the end of the day, like social media, Instagram, what if it was just ended? Right, um, which it totally tomorrow. could be, totally could. And I'd be like, I'm fine. I'm great. Because again, it's like the people that, are in my inner circle, like, I feel very secure with that, with those relationships. And I use social, I use social media merely as like a business tool. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. It's, it's so funny. Um, so before I had like a business account, uh, which is Coach Sarah, um, I have like, a personal one <laughs> and I started that because I used to travel a lot for work and it was more for like family so they could catch see what I'm doing and like once every few months I go onto that personal page and it's like 300 followers yeah. <laughs> it's like lots of pictures of me and my dog and family oh I got like 20 likes on the phone like it's yeah. just so small in the, and just um which is totally fine I, it's like i don't really use it and then uh, my business account is is uh a bit different when right. it comes to as far as the material that i, I put out i put out there definitely but i do think like it's like a double-edged sword and it all depends on how we use it yeah. and um how thoughtful is the content that people that people are putting up um and if you truly like i said stand behind what your what that message is that you're trying to deliver and sharing to people um i think it's a great tool um it's like a tool that i've been able i've fortunately have been able to connect with people from all over the world and they're yeah. like i found you through ig and i'm like awesome I yeah. and I really I, I even get more like clients through IG than my website and I'm like don't you want to look at that because that's really cool too uh, no but me too me too same exact thing same exact thing clients through Instagram uh I know my Facebook business page same thing mm -hmm. you know you put content out there regularly and I think about adding value I don't necessarily mm -hmm. think about you know thought thoughtful yeah obviously I put thought behind it but I try yeah. to figure out a way to add value to somebody's life in this weird pivotal moment that we're in. Like, you know, we got this disease that's out there, this virus that's out there. We have 
an economy that's, you know, up and down and we have small businesses being shut down and then this election coming up and like, there's so much distraction. There's so much shit. And like you choose what you consume as far as like content. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can choose to look at all the nonsense. You can choose to look at all the negatives and that let that impact your day. Or you can choose to find trails of positivity and again, choose to integrate that in your life. And like, I just want to be that outlet of putting out something good so that I can add value to somebody else's life so that we could share this time with one another. Mm -hmm. Like we're living in an interesting time. You know, it's one of the best times. It's the best time ever in humanity to ever be alive with all the shit that we have. And, you know, we're lucky as fuck and we're great. I'm grateful. I know you, you said that word multiple times. And I think that uh, it's an important practice to talk about the things that you're grateful for. And it's just a great time right now. And, and I think the, the, the majority of the talk is pessimistic. And I just feel like I want to put out a positive message. I've been you know, fortunate to grow up in a great household two loving parents that gave me the confidence and the self-esteem to do my shit. And like, I'm obligated to be that message for something positive in somebody else's life that does that wasn't as fortunate as I am, you know? And I just think that is like really important. We got to look at the little, those things as opposed to this is stupid. Oh, fuck you. Don't talk to me. Like, you know, that's just, yeah. we're, we're not going to get anywhere with that. Exactly. I completely agree. So um, now let's, 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 trans, let's transition a little bit. Um, I like to talk about psychedelics and I like to adventure personally into these things. I feel like it's taboo, but it's great because uh, in this weird time, like who's mm -hmm. to say that something taboo isn't going to be useful. Um, I watched this documentary. Uh, it was an all in Israeli about how MDMA was healing uh, PTSD of, of three candidates in three different MDMA sessions. So what are your thoughts on psychedelics? Um, maybe share personal experiences or not. And what are your thoughts on the future of psychedelics and how they become integrated? Do you have any information? Do you have any thoughts? Not so much, but I'm curious to hear more on your opinion and what you have learned and your experience with yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like, uh, I'm a regular cannabis user and they, they that's mm -hmm. like a mild, mild psychedelic. And, um, you know, I've kind of, I started that when I was 26 years old and I never had done any of that shit growing up. I was very straight edge, never, you know, looked at drugs. I was like, I don't need that to have fun, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, little by little, you, you smoke a little weed. And then my thought process is I just like way more cathartic, just like shifting, enhancing perspectives. And, you know, I would think deeper. I would go inside more and I was more comfortable to go inside because I had a good childhood you know, very, very good upbringing. And um, so like, it helps me, it aids me, it serves me. So I continue to use it. If it doesn't serve, then I, you know, I don't, I won't use it. But then, uh, you know, you, you, you hear about psilocybin, you hear about MDMA, you hear about how they're helping people that are, you know, having traumatic episodes, but they also talk about how they help healthy people still kind of grow and adapt and morph. And personally, and I, they're, they're all recreational usage. I never done it in like a clinical setting. Um, and I don't promote the use of, you know, recreational drugs, although my experiences have been all recreational, but nonetheless, 
very good. Some scary, like, you know, I've done a heroic dose of mushrooms that put me at the center of the universe. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's hard to put into words, but, you know, we talked about meditating on death. And I feel like because you have this ego death where your default mode network kind of uh, doesn't attach you in relation to the world or anything that you attach yourself to, you kind of, that part of your brain kind of dissolves and morphs or merges, I think is a better word, with all that there is. And you have this overwhelming sensation that you're connected to everything. And there, it's like, oh, wow. So we all are a piece of each other. Like all humans, all things, all places, everything, not just earth, but like everything. I know it sounds crazy, but when I get when I get to those states, I'm just like overwhelmed with like, okay, well, there's obviously a clear message here to me that we have to do this together and there shouldn't be so much division. So what can I do with my unique set of skills to enhance the coming together of people, enhance health, wellness? And I just taught me to take my skills, be truthful, be honest, and figure out a way to to integrate some of this positive information into the world today. And like, that's why I'm fascinated with it. Cause I've always had these like very positive, profound, cathartic moments the next day, you know, as I've kind of let the, 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 the I guess experience sink in, you know, mm -hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. Um, and I can see like, why like the appeal to um continue to like find that um again whether it's that meditation state it helps you get there it helps with creativity i know yeah. a lot of artists that have um used it for those reasons um and i think it just depends on like uh i've never been like in a a position where I'm like, Oh, I'm interested in even trying it. Yeah. Um, I will I say, I will say it's so profound that it's hard to put mm -hmm. into words. You know, it's such yeah. a profound thing that if you haven't had the experience, it's like, Oh, okay. It's like, Oh, well, I don't know. I don't see why it's such a big deal. But then when you have the non-dual experience. I think that's a great way to talk about it because in reality, everything is dual, right? Life and death mm -hmm. is the ultimate duality, right? And when you're on a heavy dose of mushrooms, you have non-dual experiences, which is mm -hmm. really hard to put into words, but mm -hmm. you, it's not you in relation to something anymore. It's you as everything. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. fucking wild. As well. I, I uh, so I was uh, I'm in Chicago and University of Chicago mm -hmm. does clinical research. So I started looking uh, at what is open and I try I'm trying to like volunteer for some clinical mm -hmm. trials with MDMA specifically. I think MDMA. I don't want to say it's the lowest risk because you can like uh, recreationally if you get MDMA cut with something it could be extremely dangerous. But if you get pure MDMA and you're in a setting with a psychotherapist and, you know, a psychologist or a doctor or whatever. And, you know, they're there for you. They're just letting you say, they're just letting you feel what you need to feel and be how you're supposed to be and say the things you want to say in a, in a set and setting that's very, very safe in that regard. I'm like very, very interested to see 
how that can have a big effect on people because we're looking for alternative modalities of healing now more than ever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, um, I just, I want to, I want to speak this. I want to speak about this. I, as I speak about it, I learn more about it. And if somebody wants to put me in my place and not agree with me, that's, that's fine. I'm, I still want to learn more. I still want to have the conversation about it. And, um, yeah, I just think it's interesting because there, like I said, there are people looking for these alternative modalities of healing and it's just, you know, antidepressants, the, the, the pills that doctors prescribe, they're just like these band-aids over this overflowing river that's of, of pain or, or trauma that people are just keep experiencing in their default pattern of living, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I, that's, I, I guess that's where I'm at right now with that. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just interesting. That's all. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, yeah, now that now you've got me thinking more and more about that, and definitely afterwards I'll be like so they, searching, they say, researching that for sure. They say the same type of things are happening in your brain when, like, even in like a, a Kundalini yoga experience. So you can have mm-hmm. like intense psychedelic visions or feelings just from like maybe holotropic breath work or Kundalini yoga. Um, yeah, fasting. Like, do you do you do any sort of fasting protocols, or do you do low carb or anything like that? Yeah, I um, I do, I will fast um, three to four days of week a week. But how um, how long? I try and do within the fourteen and sixteen window. I try not to go really um too much mm. towards like sixteen or after. Um, I just read about when with women that can mess up our hormones so i'm like if i get 15 hours i'm like i'm good (laughs) um but i through that of even just doing it a couple of days a week um it's much easier when i was like working uh like and your mind is yeah your mind is occupied exactly and i was just like going from one class to one client go 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 and it's yeah. um now doing all that in my home and the kitchen is like closer <laughs> i'm like well i'll just break it um but i do find that when i do it that my energy is just much better and that i'm also sleeping um mm. better um digestive system is functioning like very well because of it so do you feel like changes in your body as far as like physique wise not so much um my boyfriend he also does it and he really noticed a difference and then I also have a coaching friend who Mm. um also same thing like definitely changed as far as like was leaner was more um muscle like divine and so um those guys got that benefit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was something like I just didn't really notice all that much about. Um, we really see ourselves so like different from what we actually are. Um, yeah, that's so, a weird thing, right? What are your thoughts? I, I know we're kind of going over the time and I don't want to keep you for hmm. too long, but what are your thoughts on individual perception versus like what other people see and how they oh see my. you? Yeah, um, that's something I think it's... Um, I think, like, I want to say women probably have a much, like, harder time. Like, we're so hard, like, we're much harder on ourselves, not, like, me, women, uh, but individuals, we're so much harder on ourselves than how we actually are 
uh, and how we might be coming across. Sure. Um, maybe it just depends on the person, um, but at least in my experience, um, I I felt that of like you're being so critical of yourself. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Like don't strive for perfection because then you're just chasing something that's yeah. endless. And so that's why I always say like um, it's so important to like. Do like look at photos of like before and afters um, because there's definitely been moments where I was like shooting content and um, not to get like too uh, down the rabbit hole of like insecurities, but I was like, I don't want to do this shoot. I don't feel like strong. I don't right. feel lean. I don't feel I don't. Ah, I was just picking everything about myself. Yeah, and then I look awful I in get, a shirt or some shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> and then I get the content back and like now I even look back like six months later and I'm like. Sarah, why did you think that? You, like, you were <laughs> look so strong and so ripped. And so, like, those are, like, thoughts that I just definitely need to, like, check in and, like, catch myself. And I yeah. think that's um, common. Um, Very common. I feel the same way, and, by the way. You're not alone. <laughs> and, and, and I don't think it's even, like, I don't think we'd really talk about the, that all too often of, like, just the, the mental side of, like, wellness and um, – yeah. Because we do, we definitely, I think a lot of people, a mass a majority of us perceive ourselves a little bit differently than how we are coming across or we can just nitpick on everything and like, um, especially like in New York City, like when it, it can become like very much like appearance based and how we look and have to look a certain yeah. way and, and like I'm, I'm try and like not to be that way and I'm yeah. just like this is who I am and this is like my personality I'm pretty chill you know and yeah. um but we definitely will have that um like just kind of hovering above us of that thought. yeah like yeah for sure do I, it's do like, I look okay um am I communicating well how do I sound um was that right you know and to a certain extent, it's good that, again, we are in tune with, but we also need to continue to be kind to ourselves. Beautiful. <laughs> um, so that's something that I definitely have moments where I need to, like, check in with myself. And, and I'm, like, when it comes to, like, a physical thing, I'm very much of, like, I eat. 80 20 i eat whole foods but i also enjoy ice cream um yeah. you know and and i'm not going to ever deprive myself because i want to just live uh that best life and that includes ice cream Fuck yeah, so it does. if if i'm not as ripped as i was like six months ago because it's ice cream season okay <laughs> you're gonna get that back in and it's all right it's all good right. um right. so i think especially like fitness professionals too and like coaches we just need to like check ourselves and it's like okay it's okay it's not meant to be perfect it's it's important to be kind um because we also um have like a lot of people have that image in their mind when you say like fitness professional or coach and to look a certain way um again at least in the new york um, city industry um and i just reached a point where i'm like I'm not going to look that way. I like to lift heavy. I like to move. <laughs> I yeah. like to have a balance of eating well and in having a treat again, because it's all about having that balance. Um, so Definitely. 
I think it, it, like I said, it's just important to check in with ourselves. Are have we gone down that rabbit hole, and are we being critical of ourselves, or are we looking at the work that we did and critiquing in a beneficial way, in a positive way, so we can grow from that experience? Yeah. Or did we get stuck with that negative conversation in our head? Right. Um, again, I'm guilty of those too, and it's just like, wait a second, there, mm -mm, those words aren't helpful. So now what do we do? I love um, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this oh. is great this is great information. I mean, it's deep stuff and oh, it's good. it's the conversation <laughs> in our head that we have and it's a you know, I listen to a lot of Paul Check and I think the conversation in our head is the same thing as our connection with our soul. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's uh it's really important and that kind of uh it grows over time and checking yourself and going back in and saying, you know, maybe these negative thought patterns aren't gonna serve us right now. Let's go back and it's not as bad as I thought it was. You know, you go back and you see that video even six months later and you're like, Damn, I was Jack. Why the fuck am I thinking that way? <laughs> yeah, that's really deep stuff, Coach Sarah. So uh, I want to say that I really appreciate your time and uh, your information. And I think this was a great connection. I think you're awesome. And uh, some of the things that you said uh, really resonated with me. And I know they're going to resonate okay. with people. And um, uh, yeah, you're super high level. So let's let's leave off by telling everybody where you could, uh, where they can find you or more of your information. Sure. Um, and again, thank you so much for um, having me yeah. on here. Um, so let's glad do this that again. Yes, we touched a lot of topics and there. I feel like there's even more that we can go in depth in. For sure. Um, so if uh, you want to learn more about either myself or about the different um, services and work that I do, uh, one, you can check out my website, Coach-Sarah, or Google Coach Sarah, I'm the first one to pop up. Um, that's the same on my Instagram. Um, Search Coach Sarah, first one to pop up. Um, YouTube, Coach Sarah. <laughs> I try and nice. keep it simple. Easy. Um, That's great. Good for you. Good PR. Yeah. And and on all of those platforms, I do a balance of body weight. Oops, there I am. Uh, body weight, kettlebell. I uh, specialize in kettlebell flow work. And so I have two online programs out. If you just want like a structured format you can check those out those are also on my website too uh, awesome. kettlebell strong and then kettlebell strong 2.0 great awesome yeah i'll yeah. be checking those out thank you so much again for your time and uh yeah i'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon same have a good one thank all you right. all right sarah take care and that was the show everybody uh it was a great conversation i'm super grateful to have conversations like this and reach out to people that are doing the same thing that I'm doing and, and learning from them and picking their brain about some of their tactics and how they think about things and how they make their next business moves. It's fun. The, the internet is interesting and um, I think we could all use it to our advantage. It depends on how you look at it. And this was a great conversation for me and I'm glad to share it with everybody. Hope you guys learned a thing or two. Uh, and if you want to learn a little bit more about Coach Sarah, check out her website at coach-sarah.com. Check her out on Instagram at underscore coach underscore Sarah. And uh, you can check out her Kettlebell Strong program on her website. She can definitely move the kettlebell. She's a great mover. I learned a lot from her. Uh, that's it. Check out my Instagram at Danny Cola Fitness if you're uh, looking for more steel mace and kettlebell flow body weight type info it's your one-stop shop 
Alright everybody, that's it. Peace. Make sure to check out www.dannycolafitness.com and uh, sign up for my three-part video series. There I will teach you how to swing a kettlebell for free. I will also teach you a couple of breathing exercises and mobility exercises 100% for free. dannycolafitness.com